Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders, where no one is sleeping. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside fanside as MLB Insider Robert Murray. Little delay today. I apologize. Did we weigh your appetites, though, for baseball news and rumors? I hope that we did. Robert Murray, fanside as MLB Insider, is here on the same day when he did foul territory. That's what you call putting in the work. Robert, how you doing, dude? I'm I'm great. Uh, it has been a very active last 36 hours over on my end. I've been on the phone a lot. I've been texting a lot. My screen time yesterday, Adam, was an absurd 18 hours and 13 minutes. So I do not recommend ever doing that if you're a sane person. But uh, yeah, sorry for the delay on, on getting this podcast started. I was taking a phone call and doing what my job entails and trying to be as in the loop as I possibly can. So I appreciate you all for being patient. Adam Weinrib, how are you doing? I'm doing good. 18 hours is more than uh, three quarters of a full day. So yeah, uh, if you don't have to do that, don't do that. But Robert Murray does have to do that. And that's why he's the GOAT. And that's why we have a show. Uh, I didn't get much sleep either. Uh, a little buddy, Biscuit, kept me up last night. He's got a big day tomorrow. Everybody wish Biscuit well on his uh, surgery journey. Give Biscuit some well wishes in the chat. Uh, but we are not here to talk about that, uh, but he does sleep right now. He sleeps more than uh, Jed Hoyer, for sure. Um, we're here to talk about uh, the, the current offseason, uh, and we are inching ever closer to spring training. So now is the time to talk about uh, the big four. We're not putting timelines on these things, but basically just what Robert's hearing, what to keep an eye out for as we get ever closer to spring training. Again, Bobby Witt Jr. was something I had my eyes on. He was in our rundown today. I wanted to ask Robert to empty the notebook on the Bobby Wood Jr. extension talks. Uh, that happened. He's been extended by the Kansas City Royals. Sometimes real life gets ahead of your outline. We'll talk about that for sure, uh, as well as answering some of your questions, opening up Robert's notebook, and opening up the mailbag to our Discord All-Stars, as well as you in the chat. Before we get going, want to note that DraftKings is still offering a fantastic sign-up bonus. For new users, you can place that $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim $150. In bonus bets, you will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you'll receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER. Using our code BASEBALLINSIDER, no S, just R, not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code Baseball Insider to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. And now begins my quest to 
beat Scott Braun in a one-on-one host-off today. I want to be better than AJ Przinsky. I plan to do that. Robert Murray, we got a lot to cover. Uh, what do you want to start with? Just the fact that we still have, it is February 5th, pitchers and catchers report next week, and the four biggest names on the free agent market, still on that market. Um, I mean, I hate putting a timeline on things, and so do you, but it's not a stretch to say, hey, I don't think these people are signing before pitchers and catchers report, because that is in a week. That. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is, it is remarkable. The lack of activity that has happened with the top guys and like, especially with the Scott Boris guys. Like if you look at Matt Chapman, you look at Blake Snell, you look at, um, I mean, Jordan Montgomery, all these top free agents, there has been a consensus that there's just been hardly little movement there at all. And it's, I mean, obviously Boris operates in a way that is really just, he he takes his time. He does not rush. He always waits out the market to try to get the most out of his um, for the most dollars for his clients. And for the most part, it's been successful. And we've seen him wait in the late February for for Bryce Harper to sign. Um, and we've seen a lot of different cases where it's worked. And clearly, he's willing to be patient. And clearly, at this point, since these guys are still on the market, uh, these teams aren't willing to give Boris the price that he asks. So I'm I'm thinking we're still going to be waiting here for a little bit longer. I don't necessarily know. Uh, oh, hang on, I got a I got a call. Ooh, oh. Mute yourself. I'll take it over. Um, oh, there you go. Good. He did the he did the job. I was like, I'm doing producer duty today, by the way. So I was like, oh man, I actually don't know how to mute him. Christ. Uh, no, we're good. I just muted him as well, and he's off. He he popped out. So uh, he'll take that call again. Uh, he's been working the phones. That's how you get screen time. Um, that's why, uh, that's why we were slightly delayed for a little bit. So yeah, Adam solo bang for a little bit. Ask me anything. I'll open up, but I think the, the pillow contracts thing, you know, what just got noted, uh, here, you know, seems like it seems like this is setting up for four pillow contracts, right? Um, the problem there is that, I mean, yeah, you know, it's February and we don't have traction and we don't have deals. So you'd think, but the fact that, you know, Cody Bellinger, the, the, the metrics are no secret, right? Everybody has those. That's why he's not signing this long-term deal that he desires, but he'll never set himself up better for a long-term deal than what he did last year. If he repeats what he did last year, then he's one year older and then teams will hold that against him. Blake Snell is coming off a Cy Young campaign, his second. So like, I get it. I get the volatility and I get the teams don't want to pay Blake Snell his ask. And right now his ask, if it is what is being reported, if it's at 200, if it starts with a two and if it's at 275 number, I mean, he's never getting that, but it is really hard. If you're Blake Snell to be like, I'm coming off a Cy Young campaign, my second. And I know uh, I might never turn in a year better than that ever again. And if I can't get long-term security this year, when am I going to get it? He might have to settle for a less expensive long-term deal at a certain point, but the pillow contract thing, like, I just, man, that would be a real failure on Scott Boris's part to accept like a three-year, $100 million deal or like a one-year deal, and then we try this again next year because Bellinger just did that, and he's not going to do any better, especially if you believe the metrics. Does Boris respond if I text him? No, he does not. Um, no, I assume that question is for fans on its own. Robert Murray, uh, people asking where Robert is. I mean, like y'all know where Robert is. Robert's man in the phone. Robert would be here if he could. Robert was here. 
if you want to see where Robert is, rewind at the start of the show. Robert was there. Um, he's on the phone. He's on the phone with somebody important. Uh, views are going up, by the way, right now. I see more people on the stream while Robert's not here. That's a bummer for you if you're just joining. I like me. My friends like me. But I don't have the sources. I'm just, I set Robert up. Um, I, I'll take some, how's my day going? I mean, my day was going better before I ended up uh, scared and alone on a podcast with everybody begging me for news drops. Um, no, my day is going great. Uh, thoughts on in and out uh, Jacob, uh, Canyon owns you. That's my, that I, that's on the secret menu at in and out, I think. Um, but more importantly, my thoughts on in and out is I, I don't have enough in and out in the, like, I just don't have enough. I've probably only been in and out like three times. I like it. I think if it were mine, if it were like, if I were a California boy and someone was like, in and outs overrated, then I would jump to defend it the same way I jumped to defend Derek Jeter, where I'm like, 3,500 hits is overrated. Oh, I guess his range at short was terrible. I, I guess if he had better range, the Yankees would have won more than five titles. Like, I would be that guy for in and out if I was from California. But I'm not, I look, I go out of my way to get it every time I go to Cali. So I think it's good. Nick Shallon also asked me for my thoughts on in and out I, I believe I answered this question already. I believe I believe I just answered this question. Uh, no, I think in and outs great. Look, I, this is my dirty confession. I confessed this in the Discord channel earlier. I order Whataburger sauces to my home. I live on the East Coast. I order Whataburger sauces to my home. So I have a big fan of Whataburger. The Whata store, uh, customer service can't be beat. Grecian Five, can you co-host the program? Hell yeah, man. Welcome. Uh, how about, it's going to be tough though. So just type out what you would say and then I'll say it. But yes, absolutely. Uh, here's something I can actually talk about. Thoughts on the Caleb Ferguson trade. I'm in favor. I would love, oh. <laughs> Let me know uh, dude. Yeah. I, just, I just shared all my in and out thoughts. I was starting to talk about Caleb Ferguson. <laughs> And the Caleb Ferguson deal. Let's bring Robert back. I tried to get Grecian Five in here. He wanted a co-host. I said maybe sometime down the line. But uh, what's up, man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah things are uh, things are moving. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm hopeful we'll be able to drop something later today um, and all that good stuff. But very very fun times for the baseball insiders. Nothing I can confidently say yet, but. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna see some movement here. Uh, Hell yeah! Before too long, not not involving um, the the big the big guys, um, not like the Boris Far, but other stuff. Yeah, great. Uh, well, I mean, keep your eyes peeled, and maybe we can even drop it during the show, and maybe I can absolutely spiral out of control again, like I was just doing. Uh, Manuel Barraza on Twitter just added Robert said, "Come back." The other guy is just yapping. He, I, I was. <laughs> I, I was just yapping, but I, I I don't know what else I I don't know what else I was supposed to do. I was just yapping, uh, so that's my bad. I'll stop yapping. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. You're good. But um, yeah, I I yeah, having tweet notifications on for me might not be the worst idea. Well, you heard it here. You heard it here first, and and you'll hear it next on Twitter. Um, if you put those notifications on, I think again. Look, I hate doing predictions and timelines, and you do too. We're not going to do them on the Big Four, but like spring training. Pitchers and catchers, then it's spring, then it's full roster, then it's spring training games. Like, is there any chance these dudes are not signed before opening day? It's we're we're less than two months out from opening day. 
So that's the only look. I'm not I'm not putting a timeline on it, but I'm just saying like the lack of movement has stunned me and we're approaching the regular season. So like are we looking at a Dallas Keuchel situation or is there at least a minute chance we're looking at a like Craig Kimbrell thing where just like you look at the clock, it's opening day. Cody Bellinger still waiting out the Cubs best offer. Or Blake Snell still trying to come off that $200 million number. Yeah, it's I'm at this point with how little movement we've we've seen with some of these top free agents, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them ended up lingering to the point where it's after pitchers and catchers report. I think spring training or uh, not spring training, but opening day is probably a stretch. But at this point, you can't really make any any assurances on that either. And like eventually the, this market is going to start heating up. And as I just suggested that there is uh there's definitely some movement here behind the scenes, but it's just a waiting game for a lot of these big Boris guys like Montgomery, like Snell, like Chapman, like Bellinger. And it's just going to require being patient. And I know that's been the phrase that we've, we've said a lot here on this podcast. I know it's probably getting annoying, but it's just a reality. And yeah, I'm sorry. It's a, it's not a different answer than that, but that's just cu- the current state of the market. But I think like it wouldn't surprise me if there's like some other free agent movement there, like trades, there's definitely like some trade talk behind the scenes too. So I think uh, after the Burns trade, there's been some other stuff that's kind of percolated a little bit, but um, nothing to the point where I believe it's, it's imminent, but market's still going, but just the big guys, just be patient. Well, let's talk about a couple of things that we know are done before we empty the notebook, get to viewer questions a little bit. Um, good, good call on, on uh, the Corbin Burns deal, because actually that went down Thursday night, right? We actually haven't had a show since then. Uh, and it seemed like conventional wisdom that Corbin Burns was not going to be traded this offseason, especially after the Brewers went out and got Reese Hoskins. Not that he's the difference between contending and not contending, but that's a go for it move. And indications previously were, hey, we're going to roll with Burns, roll with Peralta. We'll see what we can do. We'll reassess at the deadline. Maybe we trade those guys, make Willie Adams available too. But Burns goes to Baltimore and not exactly for an overwhelming offer from an outsider's perspective. Like the Orioles have a good enough farm system that you can hold them hostage. The White Sox have been doing it for Dylan Cease. The Brewers didn't. They get D.L. Hall, a lefty pitcher, two top 10 Orioles prospects in Hall and Ortiz. But not Kowser, not Mayo, not Kerstad, obviously not Holiday, obviously not Henderson, but no Westberg. I mean, a lot of the big names we've been prepared to see the Orioles, no Basalo. I mean, the Orioles have such a good farm system that they gave up top-tier talent, but they didn't give up the guys in all caps. Are you surprised that Burns went, or are you surprised that Burns went for that small a package? I'm I'm like, I'm not so overall with the Burns trade. I think it was a surprise overall one, the timing of it. And then two, the Holland return. So for clarity, like on my end, um, I, I was under the impression that a Burns trade was likely going to happen at the trade deadline. Uh, everything that the Brewers have said, both privately and publicly has been that they had no intention of moving Burns. And then all of a sudden, um, late at night, um, last week, all, I'm driving to get dinner. And I get a phone call from somebody who typically does not call me unless stuff is going down. So I'm like, I answer, I say, Hey, what's up? And he's like, do you hear the news? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Corbin Burns just got traded. And my response was basically no effing shot. Um, I didn't think there was, was any truth to it whatsoever. 
And then I look at my phone, send some texts, and it turns out it's legit. And the haul in return is DL Hall and Jory Ortiz. And also that the draft pick, which is something yeah. that other teams thought was a good coup by the Brewers. But overall, for a full season of Corbin Burns, I'm a little surprised it wasn't more. Um, and like that being said, though, I think the Brewers internally viewed this as a situation where they, they did not want to just lose Burns and get either just a draft pick in return or like a half season's rental worth in return for Burns. They wanted to get something meaningful and they wanted to get something that they thought could be foundational pieces for them uh, down the line. And D.L. Hall said on, on foul territory earlier today, right before I was on there, that they um, are going to use him as a starting pitcher. And then Ortiz can end up being a, a long-term infielder for the team in the major league level. And they thought that was uh, obviously enough to part with Burns. But I'm really curious what the message is to that clubhouse. After you 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 obviously lose Craig Council, you non-tender Brandon Woodruff, which non-tendering Brandon Woodruff was the correct baseball thing to do, considering how uncertain uh, his future here in 2024 is. And then you sign Reese Hoskins, give the fan base, you give the clubhouse some more hope, and then you trade Corbin Burns, the best right-handed pitcher in baseball, or one of the best right-handed pitchers in baseball. I don't know necessarily how well that would sit in that clubhouse. I'm really curious to see exactly how they end up going about the rest of their offseason here. There's a lot of good players available. Uh, could they possibly look at a, another starting pitcher on the market? Sure. Could they end up looking at some other guys in the market? Sure. Um, but I, if I, if I was the Brewers, I would have needed more to needed more in return to part with Burns. And I'm, uh, I'm really curious to see what, what the clubhouse reaction to that one is, but I thought it was a great move for the Orioles. That was a move they had to make. And if I was the Orioles, I would still make another move for a rotation piece. I think, I think they can't be done, um, truly. And yeah, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to poke around the market there. That is, yeah, I think they should. I, we had the Orioles on the last show as like, hey, new ownership group, you want to make a quick splash? You probably should. And this is probably the best splash you could make, especially in this market, especially with the White Sox dragging their feet and asking for the moon and sun per John Hammond for Dylan Cease. Uh, I would rather have Corbin Burns than Dylan Cease, and I would certainly rather pay this price for whoever I got than the price that the White Sox are supposedly asking for. So, great. I mean, look, if you want to get something for him, it, certainly Hall and Ortiz are going to see these guys soon in Milwaukee. These are these are MLB pieces at this point in time. Uh, so they could have done worse, but I think the Orioles did fantastically here. And, and another team that I want to shout out that we don't shout out that often is the Kansas City Royals. Been- Actually, before we do that, I want to say this one more thing about the Brewers is obviously we've seen the Devin Williams and the Willie Adamas speculation about yes. potential trades. I, I I think Williams would be a really interesting trade target for a lot of teams. Uh, I don't necessarily know where the Brewers stand on that one. But as far as Willie Adamas, I, I don't think he's a, he's available, at least as of right now. I think the Brewers want to have him on their roster on opening day. Maybe that changes with an offer that if they end up getting an offer that they can't refuse but I don't get the impression that he's available. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. 
serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I didn't think Burns was available either, though, so I, I hear you for sure. Um, and look, hey, if the Dodgers don't get what they're looking for out of Gavin Lux, like if he starts slow and that slow start leaks into June and Adamas is still a brewer, still love that fit. Uh, you're going to be able to get a haul. If he plays the way that he's capable of, you're going to be able to get a haul for him midseason. Good job cashing in one of your chips before the season begins, but sets a funky tone for the clubhouse. You're right. Uh, and the exact opposite spot in terms of vibes is Kansas City right now. They've been making interesting additions free agency-wise at the margins. Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, uh, you know, teams that didn't lose 100 games last year wanted these pieces. So it's not like the Royals were just sweeping up the scraps. Hunter Renfro... Uh, Adam Frazier, maybe slightly lower on the on the pyramid, but still. Um, and they go out and uh, secure Bobby Wood Jr. for an extremely long time. You had rumblings of this. Uh, and, and again, we were going to talk about this before this was done today. And now it's done, and now we can just bask in it. But how did this come together, and where do you feel like this leaves the Royals coming out of this deal? Because that's a lot of uncertainty wiped out in just one move. Yeah, that was something that was on my radar to start the offseason. Like there was rumblings that the Royals were planning to explore it. And then I hadn't heard anything about it until late last night when I got a I got a call from someone who was like, hey, um, look into a Bobby Witt Jr. extension with the Royals and made some calls, played some texts. And I heard pretty consistently from people. Yeah, there's talks. And some people even said it was close. Um and there was one person who even told me it's going to get done within the next 24 hours. And I had to think of a way to properly report that because um, a couple of them cautioned if like that deals of that magnitude are really complicated and it can hit a snag like that and it can end up blowing up and not getting done. And I made the decision to um, just report that the sides were talking and lo and behold, it ended up getting done within less than 24 hours. And that was a move the Royals had to make because for them, it gives them a 23 year old who can potentially be with that team until his age 37 season. He can even, he can also opt out of the deal at some points as Jeff Passan reported. Um, and it gives them certainty long-term and it's going to end up giving them a piece that they can build around a piece that they can use to attract other free agents on the market, whether it's this off season or next off season or just off seasons going forward. And it also helps them with a potential new stadium deal. And I think that is a really important key for them and something that they really prioritize getting done this winter. Because you looked at it, you listed the guys that signed earlier this offseason. Michael Walker, Seth Lugo, Will Smith, a lot of these other guys traded for Kyle Wright. And this was the cherry on top. And it gives them something that a lot of these teams covet. And that's a big name piece headlining your franchise for the long term and especially since he's only entering his prime he's only going to get better from here he's already been really freaking good um i applaud the royals for doing it and i thought my first takeaway when i saw the terms on it was was that if he ends up performing like how they think he's going to perform there's a very good chance that he's probably going to 
um, and be a bargain in the long haul. And that, well, you, I say bargain and he's making 280 million bucks or a little bit less than they're guaranteed. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money, but it was a good investment by the Royals and something I think they truly had to do. And then they ultimately ended up doing it. Shout out to them. They see the contention window beginning to open. Vinny Pasquantino said that the other day, and that's the thing that a confident team says, but this is the kind of move that proves a regime is not playing around, and we'll see where they go from here. Very active offseason, and uh, if you're a Baseball Insiders viewer or if you're just a baseball fan, you know that it has not been a very active offseason everywhere else. So uh, shout out to the Royals for coming to the party and trying to play around here. Um Let's uh, let's get to some questions uh, from both the chat uh, from the All Stars for your notebook. Um, and I see, so we've got Joseph Cuevas, who I want to acknowledge because uh, paid the chat here to, to get in here uh, a super chat. And we thank you. Uh, but what was the news on the phone, Robert? We we can't we can't give can't give you that one. Uh, and I would recommend that if you're going to super chat in the future, do not ask what was the top secret news that Robert was discussing on the phone. Um, but we can at least address the Padres a little bit because we have. Uh, kind of a few people asking for Padres updates. So we'll take this opportunity to just think outside the box. What could they potentially be looking for for the remainder of the offseason? Yeah, I think for the Padres, as far as they go, um, I think a left-handed bat makes a lot of sense for them. I think another starting pitcher. Um, I mean, out, I think an outfielder has to be among, if not their top priority. And that's something um, – I think they're going to, I think they are exploring that for sure. I mean, they could look the free agent route. Um, they could also look at the trade route. I wouldn't rule anything out there. But as far as it goes with the Padres, they're also getting quite a bit of interest in Hassan Kim, as Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reported today. Um, interest there is, is, is a lot. Um, but he's a really talented player, someone that that organization really likes. And it's going to take a lot for them to part with him. So I don't think it's a vers- I don't think it's a certainty at all that he's moved. Um, but the interest in him is league wide. Um, it's uh, it's no surprise either. And and I do know that Bob Melvin obviously loved him when he was there in San Diego. But that being said, do you think the Padres would move Hassan Kim to a division rival? That could be tough. But then again. They ended up uh, letting Bob Melvin go to a division rival for no compensation in return. So never know. But I'm also, I just want to make it clear there. I'm not reporting that the Padres and Giants are talking trade at all. I'm just I want to make that abundantly clear. Um, just saying that Bob Melvin liked the player and and really what's like what's not to like, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and you know you're it, it's tough, right? You're, you're not going to actively engage with the team that you let steal your manager. Um, and, uh, you know, if they liked Bob Melvin as much as, uh, Bob Melvin liked Kim, then Bob Melvin wouldn't be in San Francisco now, but it is something to keep an eye on moving forward for sure. Um, go to a couple of questions from the all-stars in the discord, uh, but I also do want to touch because I know that, uh, we've got questions about Jorge Soler and I had questions about the DH market and about a half hour before the show, Susan Slusser threw the giants into Soler's market just to say that they were, there were talks. Um, so what is the latest that you can give us on the DH musical chairs, right? Cause Justin Turner signed before our last show, still got Solaire, still got JD Martinez on the market, uh, and no movement publicly, at least since the Turner deal. So where, where do we stand right there? 
Yeah. So as far as Jorge Soler, like what Susan Slutzer reported was accurate that the Giants are talking to Jorge Soler based on what I can what I can tell here. But that being said, as of last check, which was this morning, uh, nothing was close with Soler, with the Giants or with any team. So um, would not be sitting by your phone hoping for news today. Although, as we've learned before on this podcast, things can happen very quickly. Um I mean, it's, I'm just saying that in general because um, it's just the state of this market. Things can change with one text or one phone call. And But I just I don't anticipate Solaire being imminent. But I do think the Giants' search for a position player and a meaningful player um, is, is legitimate, whether that's a, um, a Jorge Solaire or a Matt Chapman or, or a name like that. I think they do have interest. But as of last check, they're just they're not close on either player. Um, that's at least as it stands right now. Great. Uh, well, we'll continue checking in because I'm pretty confident that nothing's going to move before Thursday's show either. So stay tuned for Thursday's show. We'll we'll detail uh, <laughs> we'll detail the same we'll detail the solar market again. Um, we'll do a couple all star questions as well. Beyond the Halo, always here, a valued uh, viewer listener uh, wants to know if the Angels are going to add a bat, considering they continue to add relievers and also took a chance on Aaron Hicks. Uh, and I'll fold in the Artie Moreno rumors here, too, because I think a lot of the Angels rumors from the last week inexplicably involve Mark Cuban. Uh, so what is are the Angels looking to add bats for the rest of the offseason? And uh, we all know that Artie could do uh, could pivot on a dime. But uh, are you hearing anything in that space as well? No. So on, uh, the first thing I want to say about the Angels and this question from Beyond the Halo, who's who's very good. Um, first, if you're an Angels fan, I would highly recommend following Beyond the Halo. I think he is really good at his job, always asks really good questions and really knows what's going on there. So I could not recommend following him more. Um, he did not pay me to say that, by the way. That's like a genuine thought that I had. He paid me. That he paid me. Well, yeah. Well, Adam deserves to be paid in the millions. I mean, Adam is Adam is a stud. Um, but no, he's very good at his job and I think I thought he deserved a shot out there. Um, but anyways, as far as the angels go, everything that I've heard suggests that they're continuing to look all across the market, whether it's, a offensive help, whether it's pitching or whether it's whatever, um, I would, I still don't believe a big move is particularly likely. Um, I would, would be pretty surprised by that at this point, but as we've said continually on this podcast, it all depends on how Artie Moreno wakes up a certain day. Um, if he wakes up and wants a big move, then you can't rule anything out. But I don't. I'd be pretty surprised if that ended up uh, if that ended up happening. Um, but we'll see. But as far as the selling rumors go, I have not heard anything about that. I've seen that publicly a lot, and I've been asked about it seemingly a million times in the Discord and in this chat. Um, but I have, I personally have not heard anything there for whatever that's worth. Well, we'll keep, uh, I, I trust you'll continue to get hammered on it. Um, yeah. Thanks for the question beyond the halo. Of course, Brundo5 wanted to know about the Brewers' next steps. We covered that earlier, but join us on the Discord if there's anything we didn't address. We'll definitely talk that out later. Uh, our man, Jay-Z, 2016 Cubs. Uh, there was some sort of Cubs-Marlins trade rumor connection. Uh, I think that was first floated by a Cardinals Twitter account, like Redbirds Talk or, or something like that, uh, that I know the Discord was popping off about last week. Any connection there between the Cubs and Marlins? I know nothing was imminent last time we checked, and uh, I'm not even sure what that fit would be if it's Lazardo, if it's smaller like Tanner Scott, but any thoughts on a potential deal between those two teams or Cubs updates in general? Yeah, as far as like that rumor goes, like 
if they have talked, um, I'm under the impression that nothing was imminent at that time. And I've not heard anything to suggest that it's um, that anything is close at this point. So I'm, I'm still kind of in wait and see mode. Maybe a Marlins pitcher would make sense for the Cubs in this case. I, that's the most obvious fit to me. Um, but again, I don't know. I've heard if there's, if there even has been talks, I've heard nothing is imminent there. Um, but as far as the Cubs go, like, obviously they make so much sense for Chapman. They make so much sense for Bellinger. They make sense for a lot of these guys. It's just a case where the price has been too high and you know, Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins there in Chicago are always wanting to be, um, um, all right. Well, so, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they always want to be, uh, opportunistic on the market and, um, yeah, I, I have not heard of anything imminent there as far as the Cubs go, but I think opportunistic is the right word to describe how they're going to be the rest of the offseason. And I, I don't think – like, obviously, you hear all the rumors about Jed Hoyer sleeping and being cheap or whatever. Um, that's not that's not the case at all. He's not sleeping. He's, he's not cheap. He just does not want to overpay. And I think he should be applauded for it because, um, really, like – He's made some really good deals this offseason. You look at Shota Imanaga. You've looked at um, Hector Neris. Those are both really good deals that allow him to be more flexible this offseason if he wants to. Um, and he's got that ability, and we'll just see if he's willing to actually do it. Couple more things before we sign off. Uh, I would have to be blind to be checking the chat and not seeing people want us to ask about uh, Theo Epstein including Tyler Milliken, who I said on the last show, I think is our best aggregator. So shout out to Tyler. Um, yep. Agreed. Theo Epstein has rejoined the Boston Red Sox, technically Fenway sports group. And technically he's going to be looking into the Liverpool coaching search. Uh, best of luck with all that. Uh, British uh, premier league soccer is a crazy world. Uh, but I've, I've said like, look, whether he's involved in the day-to-day ops or, or just overseeing or in uh, it feels like formalizing a relationship that was always going to be there. He and Craig Breslow have a history. It feels like to me, like, Hey, he was going to be whispering in Breslow's ear anyway, but now the fans know, and now it's public. And now it's the first good vibes, Red Sox move in quite a while. So have you heard anything else about Epstein behind the scenes? Uh, For me, it's, I mean, it's an obvious win, no matter how involved he is, but I don't know if you have any additional thoughts. Yeah. I thought that was a really, really good move by the Red Sox because Bringing in Theo Epstein immediately gives Craig Breslow a, a good sounding board there. He gave him a Hall of Fame executive to work alongside with, and if he wants to, he can work in lockstep with him. And to me, this signals that, like, if, if you hire Theo Epstein, you're not going to just sit idly here at the offseason. Like, you're going to you, – you hire Theo Epstein to make moves. You hire him to help. Um, make your major league roster better. Like, obviously he's not the GM, like that's Craig Breslow's job. Um, but I think Theo Epstein is a move in the right direction for the Red Sox. And, and who knows, maybe that's a case where they can become more aggressive this off season. And I still, I've said it on plenty of podcasts before I've said it. Jorge Soler makes a lot of sense. And then a guy like Jordan Montgomery, who is literally in their backyard makes so much sense. And if you're able to to get one of those guys and add him to that roster and then maybe make some other moves on top of that. Um, then I think you're really talking about a team that, um, that could make noise. Um, but I'm in, I'm as always with the Red Sox, I'm in wait and see mode. 
um, just because it's just been, there's any, it's just, it's, that's just a frustrating off season for them as a whole. Um, but hopefully the Theo Epstein hire is a sign of things maybe changing for them. Yeah. You're those guys are just fucking sitting there. Like it's gotta be killing to have Montgomery and Solaire just hanging out. Um, yeah, I don't know if Epstein makes an immediate impact or impact in the future, or again, this is just formalizing something that was going to happen anyway, because he and Breslow aren't going to not talk, but objectively it's good to have him on board. And uh, Tyler, if you clip that, could you just edit out the part where I scratch my nose? Cause it's embarrassing. Um, but, <laughs> uh, also Caleb Ferguson to New York Yankees today, uh, an unexpected and a second trade between the Dodgers and the Yankees in just a couple of months for a lefty reliever. Uh, Dodgers fans were telling me today that Ferguson bad in high leverage situations. I think if you check the numbers, good in save situations, 2970 RA and non-save, 310 in save. He was just awful in September and October last year, which I think clouded their perception. And I get it. That's one of the that's a pretty big month for baseball. If you sucked in September 2023, then I would probably leave the season being like, man, that guy wasn't good either. I mean, Yankee fans have been doing it with Tommy Canley because he hung a few change-ups in mid-September last year. But feels like a good fit, good replacement for Wandy Peralta. And uh, importantly, another Yankee in his walk year. The Yankees are assembling guys who are not under contract for next season, who need to prove themselves, like Verdugo, keeping Glaber Torres, Clay Holmes, a lot of talent that will be hitting the open market next year. Also a guy named Juan Soto, technically not locked down after this year. So they are both saving money for Soto and getting motivated players in the process. I like the deal, uh, and it's not like they're really going out on a limb here. They surrendered uh, very little. No, they absolutely did. And um, I thought it was a really smart move here by the Yankees, getting Caleb Ferguson from the Dodgers and, and giving up, uh, what was it, Matt Gage and another player? Matt Gage, who they claimed from the Astros last week after the hater deal, and then somebody, uh, a, a starter from the Dominican Summer League, not even the Florida Complex League, one level below, who – Again, if the Dodgers are targeting them, there's probably something there. And we might hear from that person again down the line, but not going to impact the Yankees for the next four seasons. So this was not a long range, uh, you know, projection. No, but uh, it makes you wonder, what was your favorite moment of the Matt Gage era with the Yankees? Um, yeah, uh, just there's a lot of memories to choose from. But I, I, thinking about it for a couple of minutes about what he'd look like without a beard, considering Photoshopping his big red beard off and then deciding not to do it because I have no Photoshop skills. And then realizing he was a Dodger. Those are my top three. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the, uh, as far as the Yankees go overall, this, uh, I thought it was a move that um, made sense. It was a Wandy Peralta replacement, but it's all, it's also been a really strange search for them with, as far as bullpen help goes, because mm -hmm. they've been looking at Wandy Peralta. They tried to bring him back, but they weren't anywhere close to that. Tried for Keenan Middleton, but came up short in their offer to him. They've tried. They were in on Ryan Brazier. They did not obviously get him. He went back to the Dodgers. They've tried for other relievers, um, but none of it. Like obviously, it, it has not gotten done. And Ferguson was the was the first piece that they were able to bring in. I still think they should bring in at least another bullpen arm if they, um, just so they can have as many options in the bullpen as possible. But yeah, it was just really strange because, like, continually, whatever I heard, like, throughout the offseason was just that the Yankees were coming up short in their offers for relievers. And maybe that's because they just didn't want to spend too much on a reliever. Or maybe, I don't know, who knows what it was. But that was what I heard from a lot of different people in the industry. And um, but fortunately for them, they were able to, to bring in uh, Caleb Ferguson. I still don't think they should be done. But 
it's it's another weird off season too for them, Adam, um, because like I I don't know how much room is left in their budget, but if you bring in a Juan Soto type and then you add Marcus Stroman, um, you add Trent Grisham, Alex Verdugo, I still think there should be more. They should do more. I don't know what, but I think if you're going to go after Juan Soto, you got to really go all in. I mean, maybe not to the degree that the Dodgers did, because uh, that's just unheard of, but I thought they should have pressed a little bit further on the gas pedal. Uh, we'll see, but um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, oh, they're well, big. Hey, 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 the King Source. How, how do you always come up with things that are just not even close to off the tip of my tongue? It is remarkable how inaccurate you are at reading this. It is it is crazy. How? I also, how does he even get in this in this po- podcast? I haven't blocked on my account. It's crazy. <laughs> well, there you yeah. go. Um, it is I, remarkable. I, I like a Snell. I liked the Snell fit there before the Yankees pivoted from Snell almost immediately to sign Marcus Stroman. Uh, but they are they're banking on uh, Carlos Rodon being Snell this year, and if he's not, then they look a lot worse. But they they signed Carlos Rodon to be their number two. He had the worst case scenario possible year last year, and uh, we'll see if he's as bad this year as he was last year. If he is the Yankees aren't going to be very good breaking spoiler alert. Um, but if he, if he is good and the stuff plus indicated that the stuff was maintained year over year and it was just location, it was just the back injury and he's in better shape now. Uh, then they might just have that number two that they were coveting. Uh, but again, if he's terrible, then the Yankees will be a 500 team and then they'll have to weigh how to move on from that next year. No, exactly. And like that, that's the thing though, is like, I can't imagine Rodon's got to be better than he was last year. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any way he could be worse. Um, and I felt bad for him. Uh, Cause that was like of all the starts you could have ever imagined as far as like him starting his tenure in the Bronx. I don't know if they could have ever envisioned it being as bad as that. And um, So here's a pivotal year for him, obviously that's goal. That's understate. That's the understatement of the century, but I think, I think he'll be better than he was last year and who knows what ends up happening. Uh, once the season starts, but I'm, I'm rooting for him and I'm, I'm hopeful he'll end up being better and also being able to stay healthy uh, this season. Yeah, it was bad, bad, not unlike the 2024 off season to date, but we will be right back here on Thursday, 3.30 Eastern, giving you what we can. Thanks everybody for sticking with us today. We'll tell you all that we know. We're emptying the notebook and keep those Twitter notifications on. We told you once, we told you a thousand times, uh, my first uh, foray into producing this show in a while, I don't know, I ended up alone on the stream talking about in and out. So how do you think it went? Uh, but I'll learn. <laughs> I'll get ready. Uh, and I'll be back next time with a fervor. Thanks for all the comments. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, again, that's always an option. If anybody wants to do that, get your questions in. We'll certainly try to answer them. Although, no, a super chat is not a hack. It will not make Robert tell you the secrets that he's uh, discussing on the phone. That's not how that goes. But no. uh, we certainly will try to answer your questions. No, that we will. I appreciate everyone who was patient because obviously we started the show off a little delayed and then all of a sudden I had to step out of the show five minutes into it uh, to answer a phone call from a source. And yeah, crazy times uh, that you've basically gotten a window into the into what my life is currently like right now. And it is it is crazy. Like, I'm not kidding you. It was like you should guys should have seen me break the Keenan Middleton deal the other day. It was remarkable. I just saw that all played out. And um yeah, I was yeah, I was literally watching um what I think it's called Love is Blind on uh, <laughs> uh on Netflix. I was watching that and all of a sudden I like I was just chilling. I was I was doing my thing and and next thing I know I get a text about it and I get another text about it and and then literally as 
people are sound asleep next to me. I'm on the phone talking like, Hey, is like, can I, can I, can I write this? Is it, is it right? And like, yeah, go ahead. And it was, it was crazy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I love this job. I appreciate everyone who's, who's, uh, who's tuned into this, my screen time today. I will look right now for everyone who's asking, by the way, Whit Merrifield is not close to signing. See a lot of people commenting that so far in the chat here. Um, my screen time today is nine hours and one minute. So we got ourselves, uh, got some work to do although it's only 225 here in arizona so we got um but i i have seen love on the spectrum by the way i've, I've just started watching that too jordan so that's a great shot by you it's a great great show but um yeah it's uh it, it is remarkable how busy this time of the year is i'm gonna recommend if you're doing the reality thing right now traders the traders on peacock as well as the australian version of the traders both are good and they're both available so there you go there we go that's uh yeah, we, we love it, but that, uh, yeah, who would have thought we'd be ending the show today with uh, our show recommendations on Netflix? Big, big show. I should have done the show recommendations on Netflix while I was alone, <laughs> just treading water and not wasting uh, Robert Murray's valuable time. But Robert, I know you got stuff in the hopper. I know you got to uh, get to it. We appreciate you taking the time, as always. We will see you and everyone in the chat and everyone in the comment section on uh thursday 3 30 eastern we'll update you if we don't do a show or go live but i'm sure we'll have dope to spread at that point uh for robert murray i am adam weiner we will see you later in the week thank you everybody Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.